Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ben from the Growth Mentor Podcast, and today we're going to cover the power behind being vulnerable as a leader. Are you interested in learning how to build a successful business from a person that has actually done it before? My name is Ben Herman, and I have over a decade worth of experience in running a successful company that is scaling to this very day. I don't have any superpowers. I just happen to be a little further ahead on the path, and I can show you how to get there too. Welcome to the Growth Mentor Podcast. One strategy that we implement inside our company is that we actually hire and recruit people all year long. And that is even when we don't necessarily need to hire someone at that specific time. Now, some of you may be asking, Ben, why would you do that? If you don't need someone, why would you try to hire and recruit people? Well, the thing is that we want to make sure that we have every opportunity to meet the rock star when they walk through our door. And since we don't know when that happens, we would hate to lose the opportunity to meet that that person. And we understand that it's all about making sure that we have the right team players inside our team versus quantity, if that makes sense. Now, the reason why I'm passionate about talking about the topic of the power of being vulnerable, especially as a leader, is that I actually recently had the opportunity to interview someone in person just last week. And this candidate that walked through the door at first sight seemed like the perfect candidate. I mean, I kid you not, they came in dressed really nicely. As a matter of fact, they came in with a suit. They also came with a nicely printed resume inside a fancy golden embossed folder, which was really high, high end. And then also at first meeting, they had a firm handshake and also straight eye contact. And so again, the first impression was very, 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 very positive. And I was excited to see how this interview would play out. Now, once we start an interview, one one thing I like to implement is I actually like to kind of put some ground rules per se uh, before we get into the interview. And one thing I invite the interviewee or the the candidate um, to do is is first and foremost, I let them know that it's a two-way street, right? That it's not just about them impressing us, but it's also about us impressing them because ultimately they need to make sure that this job is going to be the right fit for them, right? Because it is their life that they're in charge of. And then the second thing I also do is I encourage them to be transparent and vulnerable. And the reason why I do that is because I want to make sure that we hire only people who can be real, who seem to have a good heart and good intentions and a good sense of character uh, that they practice inside their life. And the thing is that we can teach them the skills of how to perform the job properly. And as a matter of fact, that's what we do. We, you know, that's our training curriculum, right? But we can't necessarily teach them how to be a, a good person, how to be an honest person. Because most people, once they're stuck in their, their ways, it's very hard to change that unless, of course, they want to change for themselves. Now, the way that I kind of break it down is say I, I let them know, hey, you know what, candidate? I understand that you know the way that this usually works is that you're here to impress us. So that way you want to show show off kind of your best qualities and kind of undermine your weaknesses. So that way, of course, you have the highest chance of getting hired here. 
However, what I'd like to do instead is encourage you to be transparent and vulnerable. And I understand that's a little scary because, of course, who wants to talk or brag about their weaknesses or the things that they're less proud of, right? However, we're truly looking for a human connection here. And also, I need to have good quality insight of who you are as a person. So that way, I can have a full understanding that you're going to be a good fit culturally inside of our company and also missionally inside of our company. And again, since I already let them know that it is a two-way street, I also let them know that you know, for us asking them to be vulnerable, we have to be willing to do the same thing and that I would focus on also opening up and being vulnerable and transparent with them. And then we kind of proceed. And really what we look for here is, you know, we look for, again, the qualities that uh, really fit well with our culture when it comes to characteristics and personality styles, and even a little bit of, you know, kind of like, I don't know, decision-making skills in a sense. And so, you know, as the interview kind of progressed, one thing is, you know, I, I quickly saw that there was a lot of positive qualities about this candidate. One is, again, of course, he came in nicely dressed, also with a fancy gold embossed folder, um, which it was definitely my first. Um, he was an older gentleman, and he was actually quite, I guess, insecure about that because, you know, predominantly, if you think about a DJ company, you think that there's a lot of younger folks here. And yes, our team does predominantly have a lot of younger folks on it. However, we have someone ranging all the way down to their late teens, all the way till their their late 40s. And so really, you know, again, we, we don't like to discriminate here. And we actually, I personally looked at their age as an asset here because um, they bring wisdom and experience to the table. In addition to that, you know, since we are a DJ company, we perform for all sorts of events. And they would actually have a better understanding of some of the older genres for those particular events. And so I actually looked at it as a, um, a positive thing versus a negative thing, um, even though they were trying to highlight, yeah, I get it, you know, I'm a little older, but I can definitely outwork anybody. And he really, you know, w- was stuck on that. And so I tried to like make him feel comfortable and let him know, hey, you know, really, I look at that as a strength. So, uh, you know, don't be insecure about that. Of course, I didn't use those particular words, right? <laughs> the other thing also is that he came from corporate America. So he actually used to be a manager at a big time corporation. And so he brings a lot of that type of experience to the table as well. And since we're quickly scaling our company to the next level, I looked at this person as potentially being a, a, a person that could be responsible for a team and also helping with the expansion of our brand across the nation. And so again, I thought that was a, a great quality. And then also, um, he had experience conducting interviews as well. So I looked at that as a strength because he could use use that potentially for you know future sake and and you know maybe replace me in a sense of like uh, instead of me conducting those interviews, he could help me conduct those interviews. Right now, the other thing also is that you know as the interview progressed, I also noticed some less stellar qualities. One is that. Uh, because his managerial background and him already having experience with conducting interviews with candidates, he was actually dissecting my questions to give me the perfect, most polished and well-packaged answer. And I could tell that very quickly into the interview that he was starting to do that because there was nothing of real substance. It was just everything that I felt like he was trying to spit up back answers that he knew would hopefully impress me and and uh, answers that I'd, I'd want to hear. However, 
I look at this interview process and, and flip it completely upside down on its head. And I'm actually looking for honest answers that are more real and maybe actually you know, where the candidate is showcasing things that they may not be the most proud of because that shows me they have a certain level of humility because that characteristic by itself goes way further than someone who's super proud and ego-driven um, that is too proud to admit that they have uh, weaknesses themselves. And so that was one thing that was really tough on me. And it was so tough on me that I actually, mid-interview, I actually interrupted the interview and I called this candidate out and I said, listen, um, you know, you seem to have a lot of great qualities and characteristics. However, it, it's very challenging for me to really know who you are on a deeper level because I can tell you're just kind of giving me the answers that you feel in your opinion are uh, is what I want to hear. But honestly, I don't. Because you know, when it comes to um, kind of hiring people, if we can't tell, like when we, we're interviewing people, if we can't tell that they're actually um, giving us the real insight of who they are, we'll lean on the safe side of things and just not hire them because we don't have a full understanding of who they are as a person. And so again, I know that you know we're not perfect here, but it's just a process that has really worked well for us because every single team member that sits on our team at the moment uh, and even people, team members that have been a part of our team in the past have always been some really incredible human beings. And um, it, it's been an honor to know them and, and you know, and, and getting to know them and being a part of their lives. And so um, that's why it's so important to go through this interview process. The other thing that also raised a red flag was, you know, one of our questions that we ask is, uh, what do you regret about your career so far? And they said they regretted not being more cutthroat that they should have actually been more cutthroat when it came to grabbing opportunities and burning bridges with some people. And that really gave me insight that they're very ambitious, which again is a positive quality. However, they're using the positive quality for bad. And so, you know, we don't necessarily want that to, to invite that inside of our culture where we want to actually help protect people here instead of trying to um, create this, this sense of competition and uh, oh, I have to take you out in order to progress myself in life. Listen, I'm not the most proud of it, but I actually used to have the same type of mindset. It's because I had a lack of an example of what a leader should act and be like. So I looked at the TV shows and the movies of the big bad boss sitting at the very top skyscraper office with a giant big desk dishing out orders from the top down. And it was all about do as I say but not as I do. And as I burned bridges throughout my life, I quickly realized that there must be a better way. And once I studied the great leaders, the true leaders that don't even make it to television, that's when I started realizing there was a better way. Listen, I actually have abandonment issues I've dealt with my entire life. The reason being is that I was actually adopted and so my birth parents that I don't even know to this day, they gave me up and I was abandoned by them. And then the parents that did actually adopt me, once they split up when I was four years old, my mom took full custody of me and my sister and we moved across the world and I was abandoned by my dad. I didn't see my dad for about seven, eight years. Then once I started actually going through adolescence and dealing with issues and also a lack of a male role model, um, I asked if I could move back to my dad's 
And because I was so much to handle, my mom agreed. And so I was abandoned not only by my mom, but also by all the friendships that I made and the relationships that I made in that country. And once I moved back to the United States, then I went through middle school and high school. And it was girlfriends that didn't work out. It was friendships, best friends that I'm no longer friends with today. And so it just solidified even more that in the end, there's nobody that really sticks around. And I know this is deep. And I guess I'm actually being vulnerable and transparent myself. And what it does for you as a listener is it hopefully helps you empathize and it hopefully solidifies that I am a human with a real story and I'm also living out what we all call life and that life isn't perfect. But in addition to that, you hopefully will realize from my story that by sharing my weakness, I'm actually sharing my strength as well. And that's really what to walk away with is that sharing your weakness can actually be your strength. Because a lot of people who can't actually be vulnerable and transparent, they're dealing with a lot of insecurities inside. And because they're dealing with those insecurities, they put up this facade of perfection and they hype everyone else on this idea, this picture that life is perfect. When in reality, we all know that life is not always perfect. It of course has some great times. It of course has some amazing, incredible times. But a good life should also actually have some baggage with it, right? Because that's what makes us who we are. That's what makes us unique. And so let me go ahead and share the three benefits of what you, you know, what, what being transparent and vulnerable can do. First and foremost, it builds trust and a real human connection. Because in business and in leadership, it actually happens to be human to human. The biggest deals, business deals are made human to human. It also creates a deeper cause to stick together and have each other's backs. Man, there are some incredible conversations that I've had with our team members where we got super real and vulnerable and even in tears where we shared tears together. And all it did was it actually drove us closer together and made us understand each other on a deeper level, which then ultimately made us want to have each other's back because we cared about each other. Lastly, it can also make you as a leader less intimidating because you know what? People think that we are this higher up thing that's supposed to be set on a pedestal and they don't realize, they, they almost look at us as superhuman because we put on this facade that we have it all together. But in the end, we're also human in that we also have flaws. And maybe some of you leaders out there, you're not showcasing those. You're hiding them really, really deep in your closet because you're afraid that if you get found out, that nobody will follow you, that everybody will run for the hills. And I'm telling you right now, that's just not true. The other thing also is that, you know, 
by just taking a small risk of sharing some information about yourself that you're not the most proud of, that you may even be embarrassed about. Yes, that can be turned against you and it can be used against you. But most people are good people inside and they won't do that to you. Now, let me give you three tips on being vulnerable. The first one is put your heart in front of your ego. You know, ego is actually a very important thing for us entrepreneurs because ultimately nobody believes in our idea or vision in the beginning, right? And so we have to have that belief and courage to go out there and take action. So the ego is actually really important. However, if the ego sits in front of the heart, that's where you run into some trouble. So make sure to push your heart in front of your ego at all times, no matter how much success you achieve in life. The second tip is stop trying to show off and boast about your best qualities. You know what? Try to actually push those down and talk more about the things that you feel you could work upon because that is the kind of stuff that makes people respect you. That's the kind of stuff that makes you come off as confident. That's the kind of stuff that makes you come off as self-loving. And because of that, they feel confident in you and in turn want to follow you as their leader. And the third is Share things that you aren't the most proud of. I know I've said this multiple times, but that is a huge, huge way of starting to be transparent and vulnerable with your team. You know, Disney does a great job at this in their movies. I recently watched the new Aladdin movie with my daughter, and I realized that every single Disney movie does the same exact thing with the main character, that in the beginning, they actually highlight how they were less fortunate which creates empathy for the viewer. And then throughout the movie, you're rooting for them to win and to succeed. And so the same thing can happen for you as their leader is that if people understand that you do come from humble beginnings, that you do have some things that you're not the most proud of and that you're truly trying to work on improving those things, man, people will root for you. So in summary, you know, you you learned about kind of being transparent and vulnerable, and that it can be very powerful. And also that not choosing to do that can be a huge loss of opportunity. If this episode was useful to your life, or if you happen to know someone that this could provide value for, would you consider sharing this episode to someone that you feel could benefit from listening to this? Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.